You're listening to Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. Nerf. How's that? Oh, wait, how old are you? 28. 28. I was like, you're you're the emoji age, aren't you? Yeah, you're, definitely. You collected Pokemon. You probably had them all. Hell yeah, dude. Wait, I lost so w- them all, though. I left my case. <laughs> I left my case of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards at like a friend's house. Yeah. And then I went back to get them, and he wouldn't let me in his home. And then we ended up stopped being friends because he just stole all of my cards. He was no. like, you can't come in right now. And I was like, That's just give me my cards. That's a perfectly good reason to stop being someone's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, if he waited till now to sell them, Totally worth it to lose your friendship. Yeah, definitely. I would have done it to him if I knew how much they'd be worth eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have held on to him. He's like, did CJ just leave me like two cars worth of money? Yeah, a lot. There's Charizard and several Blue Eyes White Dragons in there from Yu-Gi-Oh! And all that shit. And he just Oh, dude. It. Yeah. It was unfortunate. I had like Japanese versions of stuff like that. Like things that are worth a good My amount of money. My magic cards are all stolen too. Magic cards are stolen? I My never got into cards. that. I, I got did. into every other hobby as a kid, but magic. Magic was too complicated. What I was going to say was, at least I could play with the magic cards. You played with the Pokemon cards. It was a game. I, I was too young to know how. Oh. I was really young. I was like six, and I was stupid. Yeah. I tried playing like Yu-Gi-Oh, because that was like sure. popular when I was like nine, yeah. ten, so I could figure out the game. Are Digimon I, cards worth anything? I'm, did they have cards, Digimon? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I they're like brought to you so. by Opeachy. They're like just more yeah, and more off brand garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think there was shit. Dude. Only, only sold at Kmart. Do Kmart exclusive Digimon cards? Oh, then yeah, they're worth nothing. Then, <laughs> they're worth they're worth about Kmart stock right now. It's a yeah. penny stock. It's funny. I was on one of my baseball card Reddit groups, and somebody had a bunch of like 1990 to 92 cards, and they're like, "Are these worth anything?" Nope. And somebody said the perfect comment: "They're worth the weight of the paper they're yep. they're printed on." Pretty much. <laughs> You're like, that's what it is. No, I had binders and binders and binders full of baseball and hockey cards from the 80s and 90s because I used to help out this old woman who lived on my friend's street, and she owned a card shop. Yeah. So every time I would like mow her lawn or help her like move boxes around and stuff like that, she'd give me a box of cards from the eighties and nineties. So nice. I had binders and binders and binders of it. She and knew it was junk at the time. You yes. didn't yet. Yeah. yeah. She was smart. She knew it was crap. She knew anything after like sixty eight was like garbage. So like sixty eight to like basically three years ago yeah. was not worth anything because they mass produced the shit out of everything and yeah. the gum ruined the cards and everything. So she just gave me binders and binders and binders. And then I went to a card shop with it. And I was like, I'd like to offload this. Like, what would you give me for the lot? I'm willing to negotiate. And the guy said, $30. He's like, I will give you 30 bucks for all these cards. He was like, I'm doing you a favor. And I was like, all right. And then I took him to a garage sale and I ended up through a garage sale, ended up getting 45 for him. So, Oh, you showed him. Yeah. You should have gone back and like, Hey buddy, guess what? I did a lot more work for it. 45. Ton more, ton more work. Yeah. (laughs) It was, yeah. The guy who bought them off for me from 45, I asked for like 150 for all of them, and he like just scoffed. He's like, you don't know what these are. And I was like, what? It was like a, yeah. Yeah. A huge waste of time collecting all those cards as a kid. Just the money no, spent on No, but that's the point is that it's about the time. Yeah. It's not about the money. When it's about the investment, you're doing it wrong. That's true. But now that's all it's about. Because like, if you were to look back at the other ways you spent time, what were the other things you did as a kid? Played hockey, played baseball. And you're not in the NHL. What a huge waste of time. You made no money on that. All right, chill out, dude. <laughs> oh, did don't, you hang out with your don't dad? Remind me. Did you hang out with your dad? Oh, did that work out? <laughs> no, I didn't. Not too much. Not too much. It was only through hockey and baseball I'd hang out with him. Do you think your love of hockey and baseball is all purely just because that's your connection to your dad? Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's that was the one connection because it wasn't like we were having conversations or anything. It yeah, was, totally. So let's my, go to this game and be silent. My grandfather, I would talk to him about baseball my whole life. You know, like he's still around. Um, and then like last year, he's like, "Hey, I don't like baseball anymore." He's <laughs> like, "I don't watch baseball," and I'm like, "I don't even." Then what are we going to talk about for the rest of your life? <laughs> what do we have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, oh no. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, no, I like talking to you about it, so I'd watch some of it. But he's like, I don't want to watch any of it anymore. <laughs> It's boring. I don't blame him. Basically, <laughs> I, I love baseball more than anything, but it's gotten it's gotten pretty bad. I it's, haven't been able to watch it since the Cubs won the World Series. Okay. Do you think Do you think that ruined the allure of the Cubs? Them finally winning? Because well, that for the longest time it was like wait till next year. Next year's our year. It's been a hundred years, and then they finally won it. And I feel like it was. I mean, they still sell out pretty much every game, and they have probably the best fans in Major League Baseball. But I feel like it kind of deflated. It deflated my interest in them. Yeah, eighty percent. Okay. Um, one hundred. Like it just like, it felt like it was the bookend. We did it. There we yeah. go. Everything that I have built my whole life of fandom around this thing to do happened. Mm-hmm. So now what? Yeah. Where do you go from there? Now we're just the team. Yeah. The yes, team that yeah, won the yeah, World yeah, the Series. Legacy's gone. Six the, years the, ago. The goat's dead. Everything's done, and now that team's even taken apart. Oh yeah, completely. And so at this point, I'm like, I don't know. Change the uniforms. Give me something. <laughs> give me a new <laughs> Yeah, just give me something new now. <laughs> like, when I look at the Bulls now, I just see a bunch of guys that are dressed like what Michael Jordan used to dress like. And I'm like, they need a new uniform badly because I can't just stare at the not Michael Jordans dressed like Michael Jordan. You're always going to associate them with. I'm going to associate those jerseys with Michael Jordan forever. That's true. And the team is just now a bunch of not Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's been 25 years since there even was a Michael Jordan to talk about. Yeah. So let's not just give me a new everything and let me just root for a new team. Rebrand it. And we, yeah, and we have that legacy and that's there and we can do the throwbacks and be so excited. That, that looks like Michael Jordan. But every day to come out to the Michael Jordan music and the Michael Jordan jerseys and to be like, here we go. And here's <laughs> Jalen Rose. You're like, yeah, that's not. Here's a team who hasn't done shit. Yeah, exactly. Since, what was it, 98 or something like that? Yeah, I mean, they've gone to the playoffs a couple times. But yeah, but it yeah. is. It's just a bunch of not them now. Damn. And so I feel that way about the Cubs now. Now that we've achieved it. I got you. That's the way I feel about the Angels, being a fan of them, is watching them every year have the greatest player in baseball and finish with like 78 wins every time has become... I've gotten so used to it that if they start winning, I'm not going to know how to react. Like, oh, I'm going to be, like, I know what shocked to do. by it. I know what to do in your case, then. See, if they start to win, you can call me. And I'm like, hey, I went through this, too. We had, like, a couple good years. It was yeah. crazy. Uh, enjoy these years. And then as soon as it's done, the team doesn't know what to do because everyone's now so valuable. They can't afford to keep going. Yeah, because when you guys got Otani and then you get Trout, you're like, how long can you keep the two of them together? They're both too valuable. Yeah. Well, Artie will spend the money. He'll do that. He'll spend the money on players. He wants I'll players say yes, to retire. The Cubs famously won't don't. spend money, even though you guys have money. Yeah, the Ricketts family just tried to buy uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, four billion dollars. Yeah, they can. Af- they could afford Javi Baez. Oh, they could have afforded all three of the guys to stay. Yeah, especially Rizzo. Rizzo yeah. definitely could have come back. He signed for nothing. Yeah, Chris yep. Bryant overpay. Though. Overpay. That I agree. Was crazy. Yeah, I think they should have got rid of him. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Well, his value is super high. Yeah, his trade value is enormously high, and he's never going to reach the heights. Yeah, that's right. He came off. He was MVP in sixteen, the, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the problem: is that he was rookie of the year, 
MVP, and then World Series MVP. And then boom, boom, boom. But during none of that is he like make he's not doing any of those top three numbers. I, I was gonna be like he's our Jeter, where he's not getting the numbers, but everyone just loves him so much that we just let him be Jeter over there. But Jeter put up numbers. Enough. Jeter. Enough to get to the All Star game, but when he stopped going to All Star games, I was like, Chris Bryant, that's your job. <laughs> Take it. To get to the All Star game. Yeah. You need to represent us there. If our representative there is Kyle Hendrick, we're doing wrong. It's a great pitch. I love him. Absolutely yeah. love him. Throws 88. Oh, dude. Dominate. He throws 88 where you can't hit it. Yeah. Wait, where is he? The uh, listeners love baseball talk, by the way. Dude, the listeners love when I go up through my baseball cards and I can't find it. <laughs> Shuffling through mid-five. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's sick. Wait, so you said you're five weeks into sobriety. Yep. How bad did you get for you to go, I need to sober up? Uh, When I drove home in a blackout. That was definitely... Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, that was the sobering experience. And for a couple weeks after, I kept drinking, and then but I, I wouldn't out. drive. So let me ask you, when you blacked out that night... Mm-hmm. What's your last memory of that night? Are you at an open mic? Uh, yeah, I was at Accidental Chaos. Which okay, I'm, that's where a lot of blackouts sense. start. Yeah, <laughs> That's actually almost what they advertise. That should be their slogan. That's the point of the place. Yeah, yeah. where blackouts start. So you're Accidental Chaos, mm-hmm. you blink, you're in your bed. Yeah, I wake up uh, not knowing how I got there. And then like adjust, like hungover as fuck, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing up, and then I adjust to the world, go downstairs to see if my car's there, and it's there. One piece, nothing wrong with it. Cool. <sighs> yeah. Never do that again. It was the scariest experience. Because you're a career town? Like, I was like, do you have a parking spot? Because if, yes. if you didn't, I'm fucked. Yeah. You just look for hours. Yeah. I would just leave my it's car. It's like a Seinfeld a episode wheel. at that point, where you go, okay, now we just look for the car, and we don't know where it is because you blacked out. That would be horrible. Yeah. But it would be what I deserve for driving in a blackout. 100%. Yeah. Also, you can't just leave your car at Accidental Chaos. Yeah, that alley. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you, yeah, that's the worst part. You're not given a lot of options. I'm scared parking my car there at any time of the day, let alone just leaving it there overnight. I don't want to go there, ever. I've been invited, I, and been I'm friends three. with all of them. Yeah. And they're like, you should come down, you'd love it. And you're like, no. I've been there three times. And each time I have the same experience of, I'm never coming back here. And then... You get so desperate. It's the Jumbo's clown room of open mics. <laughs> that makes that is the best analogy I've ever. <laughs> That's absolutely right. No, but for me, it's just like desperation of like I'm so addicted to like hitting mics that like I can't stop, and then like I'll be like oh, I got to get one more in after like third wheel or something like that. Mm-hmm. What else is going on after third wheel? I was boom accident. That's what my first three or four years of comedy was like just completely addicted to open mics and people are like i did a thousand and then you're like oh i think i accidentally did a thousand i'm not counting but i'm definitely doing three or four a night yeah every night it's crazy you know and so you start to do the math and you're like well that means i'm doing like 28 maybe 25 a week some nights i'm lazy so i'll give myself 20 a week and then you do the math of how many weeks there are in a year and you go oh yeah no i easily had a thousand it's crazy yeah 20 in a week, I, I've hit that like only a few times. That is burnout mode right there. It was that is, so easy for me to do that when I first started. Though. Really? Well, they were free. Oh, okay. See, that helped. They're not free then. So at that point, if I was doing today's math, that's $5,000. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. It's impossible to do those numbers. Like the way Ian Russo hits open mics, I'm like, I don't understand the math of how you live. Yeah, he doesn't even have, like, a real job. No, exactly. And then you go, okay, how do you afford to do so many $5 mics? 
Yeah, I had to stop doing them almost completely. Now there would are, be people that I would see, like, because I would follow, I still do follow Fourth Wall and all that stuff. Or there was a Burt's Backroom. I don't know if you were ever around for Burt's Backroom. I know what it is, but I never went there. Yeah, essentially. Another $5 mic. I followed both of them on Instagram. And you see people that would spend $25 a day there and just hang out there all day. Like, I'm doing five mics. And you're like, oh, ooh. What are you? It's a little bit, are, are you? you? And then it's also like, but how much are you spending? Yeah. Because that's when I started telling, because I would go to those mics and be like, you know, we have to get famous to break even. Absolutely. Yeah. Which we won't. No. Odds are, the, in my wildest dreams, I will make 300 bucks on the road on like a, a weekend or something like that. That's like. I thought you were going to say in a year. <laughs> no. I've done that. I, I, per, yeah. I surpassed $300 in a year last year. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And that's. I'm pretty close to 300, like just a little bit over. So very happy about that. It's almost a tank of gas currently, but forgot where I was going. That's like the only Your realistic expectation yeah. I have is that I might make like 300 bucks in a weekend a couple times a year. I mean, you can do that. You can make it. Yeah. That's a couple years away. Of course. Yeah. Like I'm not six, rushing through years. it. I was never rushing through it. Yeah. I'm 10 years in and I'm, Think I'm doing just great, just fine where I should be. Oh yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to pop too soon. You don't. Yeah, I know that 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 was with a smirk. No, it's true though. Yeah, that's every friend I had that popped too soon. I've watched them get on TV and do it, and I go, ah, I'm happy that wasn't my set. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Which is why you'll but, notice, uh, dear listeners, these people were on a lot of pictures on my Instagram when I first started, and they're not on the podcast. Because they also, well, once they do that, they seem to burn out. It seems like people who had really bad TV experiences don't really show face again. Really? Nobody sees it, though, anymore. Yeah, but they still don't show up ever again. That's crazy. Mason Pryor joined the army instead of do another mic. So he got on television yeah. and he just joined the army. Yeah. Huh. Did exceptionally bad. What show? Um, there was some Steve Harvey live at the Apollo thing when they boot him off stage. Oh, okay. Well, that that could happen to anybody. Quincy Jones did another. He hosted a couple open mics after his HBO special, but he never showed up again. He still floats around, and if he heard this, which he very well could, he would be like, "No, I'm still around." And I'm like, "Where? Who was that? The guy that like Ellen?" Yeah. Get a mm -hmm. Oh, okay. The guy who had cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised I've never seen him. Uh, as far as I know, he's still fighting some fight. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't go away. Well, maybe that's what's keeping him away from it. Maybe just health problems. At his worst, like he was doing it a lot. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> burnout. Then. Yeah, no, like, you burn out to get to that thing. Yeah. And then when you get to that thing, when it's not what you need on the other side of it, you go, what am I doing? I've seen that with a couple people. People will, like get on like Conan, and they're just like, "Okay, you know what? That's what I wanted." Just got. Did you ever watch? Uh, what was the? It was like a Showtime show. I'm dying up here. Yeah, it's kind of like the first episode of that, where the guy books Carson and then walks in front of a and bus. Just goes outside and walks in front of a bus because he yeah his peak. Imagine though, if your peak is Conan in 2016. Okay, Nobody's so here's the huge that. difference: is that when on Carson, because in that show. Carson waves him over. Yeah. That's where you're considered to just have a career after that. Yeah. 
Um, you know what that essentially was a reference to was Freddie Prince. Okay. Freddie Prince got the wave over. He's the youngest guy to ever get the wave over. He's like 19. The world's on his shoulders. He gets the show Chico and the Man. It becomes a number one hit. He's still not happy. Shoots himself. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, dude. I don't want to say the name of this next person because they've gotten really big. Okay. But they pulled me aside one day and said, why are you happy? Right? Like, they're just like... You shouldn't be happy at this point in a comedy career. Like, look at where I'm at. I'm not happy. You know, like, and I was like, yeah. When you get further, you're not going to be happy there either. No. You're either happy or not happy wherever you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at for the happiness. It's inside. Yeah. Yeah. You can't change with success. Yeah. And they were like, I think that's true. Yeah. And I was like, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it is true. You finding out what makes you happy has nothing to do with where you're at career-wise. Yeah. No, that's a solid point. Yeah. I yeah. think that's why comedians kill themselves. It's because they think that it does, and then they get to that thing, and they go, ah, oh, you know what? Being on At Midnight for two years didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to At Midnight. <laughs> yeah, shout out to At Midnight. Chris Hardwick. Good guy. Couldn't. Well. <laughs> what a guy. Not if you're his ex-girlfriend. That, that's. Wait, what? Just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Not if you're R2, me too. That's Nothing matters in this business, though. No TV appearance really matters. Not anymore. It's it just, used to. Can you sell tickets? That's it. Yeah. You could be on Conan. Who gives a shit? The amount I was of having shows- a conversation last night with somebody being like, wait, so everyone agrees Brandon Schaub's special was awful. And you're like, yeah, I think even Brandon Schaub would agree. Yeah. He's talked about it. Yeah, no, exactly. And they're like, but he's still like selling out tickets. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that matters. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. We're we're in the we're not in great comedians are hoping to be on his podcast so they can sell more tickets. Yeah, it should be the other way. Of course, he's hoping to be validated by them, but they're looking to be validated by a a UFC fighter who arguably is as good at UFC fighting as he was at stand up. (laughs) I'd say he was better at UFC fighting. I'd say. I mean, he was competent at that. What was his record? I don't know, but what's his record with stand up? He's just O for something. Yeah, I think it's pretty close, man. Yeah. I don't think he was at least he won in the octagon. I've But here's the thing, he crushes sometimes. That's uh, that's a couple wins. That's why I'm saying it's that the is same. a win, yeah. Yeah, I guess he is. Yeah, he's not O. Yeah. He's just like, O on Showtime specials. A year in and listen to my bitterness of Brandon Schaub. Come yeah, on. I know. Well it's because two, three years in on Brandon Schaub, he's Take talking off. to Showtime. Yeah. So there's I think it's appropriate to be better towards but him. That goes back to you don't want to pop too early. Yeah. He wasn't ready for that special. That's of course not. Of Mark course Norman. not. Exactly. Mark Norman's huge on that. That's like that's like my favorite comic. Like his his advice he gives on podcasts. Like I know he's like kind of like a crazy person, like the stuff he says and everything like that, and everything I should like be Mark taken Norman. with a grain of salt. But his advice on like how to approach it as like a new comic is mm-hmm. very wise. He's like he these said? comics that are like a year in will post clips of themselves. And that's like crazy. Five minutes long. I started posting clips of myself this year. Yeah. I waited 10 years to post clips. Yeah. You don't want to have that be the first impression you put out there. I just posted one for the first time in my life. Just one joke on an Instagram story last night. Yeah. First time I've ever done it. It's one joke, and the joke went over well, so I was like, I'll put this out there. Yeah. That's it, though. I'm not... There's comics that are three years in filming specials. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not... Don't do that. Do you know what I'm watching? I'm watching a lot of these people film specials, and I'm not seeing a lot of these specials getting released. Yeah. There's a couple, and you go, oh, 
you know, Shouldn't like there's some of that, but I don't see many that are like getting the release. No, because they probably realize they watch it back and they go, I've been to some of these ready. tapings and I go, I wonder if they're going to laugh track this. <laughs> it's that bad. Yeah. Oh man. And then you go, Oh, some of them do. And then some of them, you just never hear of it again. It's good. It's the smartest decision they could ever make. And I applaud that. They go, you know what? Loss. You know what? I have a half an hour tape of me and I can watch it and I can make the notes. And you know what? Every year, every other year, I'll do a half hour tape of me until I think, you know what? This is worth starting to submit and put out there. Yeah. That's a smart way of going. Yeah. I know a guy who did that. He, I know he a put guy on a show. who I think did that on accident. Okay. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't the wise move when it all happened. Yeah. Put it in your pocket. Yeah. Just save. That's for you. Yeah, because I'm also not asking that person. Like, hey, I remember remember last year when you taped that half hour? <laughs> Did you decide to bucket that thing? <laughs> you know, like, I would never say that to a should. person. No, of course not. No, but, they're nice. They're great. They're yeah. working on it. They're putting in the effort. They have the balls to film 30 minutes of themselves a year and a half into comedy. Yeah. Okay, and I, as much as I agree that people should be doing that, don't advertise you're filming a special when you're selling those tickets just yeah. say i'm doing a half hour if you're still doing bringer shows you're not filming a special you're doing half an hour out of your own pocket yeah and that's, that's fine that and it's great and i think yeah. is what people should do yeah to have it for yourself yeah, yeah. see if you can do it work on the especially pacing. i know some people that are only a couple years in that can bring 30 friends out you know what bring those 30 friends do that half hour yep. don't advertise it as your special no yikes it's crazy i'll advertise a special when it's a company paying me already and it's already got distribution before it's taped. That's when That's it's when special. Calling. That's what makes it special is that Netflix says we're paying for this. We booked the theater. We got a backdrop with your name on it. This is your special night, bud. That's when this is special. It's, it's not like when I like, hey, guys, I've paid this black box $200. <laughs> we need a hard out because there's an open mic afterwards. Like that is not a special. There is no backdrop. Yeah. It's no marquee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No company's asking for this. Mm -mm. You made the flyer yourself. <laughs> exactly. And it looks bad. <laughs> you hired another comic to do a little bit of art on the flyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. It's not a special. It's not a special. It's, it's not you special. you paying out of pocket to have a 30-minute tape. Mm -hmm. so, the one guy I know who did it, he did it just for that reason, to have it in his pocket. Just 30, like... Did it super, he didn't spend a lot of money on it. He just rented out the space, which was relatively cheap. Yeah, you can do it for a couple hundred a bucks. Put basic camera in there mm -hmm. and just had it for himself. And he was like, maybe I'll use it as a submission tape if I'm submitting for longer sets. And I was like, I think that's the way you should go about it. And he killed. It was like a solid 30. He killed as hard as he could in front of about 35 people. Well, now that you've complimented him, let's hear the name. Peter Murphy. Peter Murphy. Okay, good. Great. Yeah. I love Peter Murphy. He was smart Murphy. about it. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. He threw a show where he could, where he went up in the middle. Yep. Which I thought was smart. Get the crowd while they're hot. Yeah. You're paying all the money. Yeah. You know, say, and then yep. like, do it as you should. He had two comics do 10. He did 30. And then he had like three more comics do 10 at the end. Like, and I was fine with that. If you're paying the money, you go up when you Were want. Were you one of the 10s? Yes. Okay, cool. I Perfect. went up last. Oh. Yeah. Check drop. Pretty much. Yep. Half the room was gone. They were exhausted. Yeah. They, were, they retired. That's but fine. I had a good time. Yeah. And I was, he's got a good business sense. I don't know. I, usually when people like do Peter. a 30 minute. Yeah. He will too. eventually get on this show. Good. 
Yeah, Peter's a good guy. He's not going to release it? He's just going to pocket it? Yeah, he said he's using it for like submissions and stuff like that Great. when he filmed it that night. Perfect. And he didn't call it a special. He just called it Peter Murphy and Friends. I saw the he did a thing where he mentioned he was doing a 30-minute set. Yeah, it's, it was right. He yeah. did it right. No, he did the exact right thing. Good for Peter. Oh, yeah. I like him. And he had a great 30, too. It was fun. Perfect. He held an audience's attention for 30 minutes straight, which is very hard to do. People don't realize it. It's, it's extremely I know, hard. I know people say they realize it, but people don't realize it. No. Because people also will sit in the audience and be like, I could do this. And you're like, you'd be shocked at how much you cannot. Yeah. Get up there for three minutes and you won't last oh yeah yeah some people won't last five and then of course that 30 have you done 30 yet no no longest i've done is 20 okay but you know when you did 20 when you hit 12 you felt a drop did you or i did my first 20 i felt a drop in the attention of like oh this is as long as i've ever held an audience's attention and i don't know what to do next and they know it i didn't know how to pace it yeah, exactly. I, no I didn't know how to pace it either. And so, yeah. like, it was like I did everything at the top to be like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then I was like, shit, I'm tired. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. What th- I need more minutes up here. Yeah. And this was during a time where I've kind of slowed down on stage lately. I've kind of slowed the game down a little bit mm-hmm. to, like, steal from, like, baseball quotes and everything. But I think at baseball this time, makes great analogies for stand-up. Definitely. I apply a lot of it to stand-up. But uh, at the time, I was just hitting the ground running, loud, very, like, mm-hmm. emotional, physical, like, running around and everything like that. And 10 minutes in, my body was like, you don't know how to do this. Yeah. You got to stop. And that was when I realized that I need to slow it down on stage and not be so loud and obnoxious and gung-ho. And it was a good lesson to I learn. think I've talked to you about that. Yeah. Where I was like, you have a great note that you hit. When you learn three or four other notes... It's and I gonna, have like you're gonna get more, yeah. And yeah. well, yeah, it doesn't happen all at once. It really is the relief pitcher has a cutter, nobody can hit, but you can't start them and just go just throw cutters for seven innings. No, you know, like it's it's one hundred percent. But at the same time, if that relief pitcher can all of a sudden also get the fastball and the changeup and a slider, well, now we're talking about a guy that can go seven eight innings. Yeah, you need a repertoire. Yeah. You need to slow it down and raise it up. Much like the professor that we were talking about. Boom, boom. Kyle Hendricks, baby. Yeah, what I like about him is he reminds me of Maddox, where he's like, you know, you can hit this. You're just not going to hit it in the right place. Yeah. And also, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to get the strikeout, the, what is it, strikeout leader of the season ever. No. No, but he's going to give you seven, eight innings every time, and you know that it's going to be quality innings. Two runs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just winnable games. Need. He'll give you winnable games for a decade. Yep. He's the. Cub that I think is most likely out of the World Series wants to make the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, you think? Um, in twenty lot. years when he's coming up on two hundred fifty wins and stuff, I think it'll be a. I think it's more of a conversation then. Huh. But yeah. he's consistently like fifteen to twenty wins. They look at advanced statistics now, though. Yes. Yeah. Fit true is what matters. I shouldn't have thought it like that. No, no, no. We we've been going all baseball. Oh, I don't care. I don't. Care. Well, it's my show. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get canceled? I'm it's not really... going to cancel myself on this. And it's like, especially when it's like the other canceled, like, people are like, no more baseball talk. Baseball's offensive. <laughs> Dude, when we get there, I'm killing myself. <laughs> when I can't talk about baseball, that's what I'm done. That's I know, all exactly. I have. That's all I can talk about. Baseball, a little bit of hockey. Can I tell you what I like about you that um, is going to sound like, a, like I'm digging on you? Go for it. It looks like you can't take a joke. It looks like you don't understand jokes. It looks like you're going to take it all seriously. Like, it looks like if I made a joke with you, you'd be like, 
fuck's that mean? <laughs> but knowing you, you very much can and know it and get it. You yeah. can even slide them into. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very Orange County look of like this guy who takes himself too seriously. Definitely. That's what people assume. Yeah. I, I've been told I have an aggravating face. <laughs> Swear to God. That's, I don't think that that, no, I don't not believe it. You have an aggravating face. Mm -hmm. You do. Yeah. I've been told that several times. That's why. You have a resting aggression face. Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty typical of like Orange County bros is to just have like yeah. sunglasses turned the opposite way. So they're like on the back of your head and just overly tan and just gross. I don't have the overly tan part, thank God. Yeah. But I am the prototypical. Well, you're not gym tan guy. laundry. No, I'm. Yeah, you're not that. I'm none of, of those things. No. Yeah. No, you just look like, hey, few words as possible. Let's just get through this, whatever this is. Yeah. I got to go home and get angry at my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Orange County, baby. Yeah, exactly. That's the way we do it. It was like, I remember there was a joke I wrote about a guy who's a Philadelphia guy. And it was just like his favorite part of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl is when he hit his wife. <laughs> and I feel like <laughs> that you would fit that sort of description. If the Angels ever win the World Series, I don't know. exactly, and Girlfriend I'd be like, should, should and watch I would, out. and I would say that immediately as soon as I followed you the next time. You know, CJ's favorite part of the Angels win the World Series when he hit his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that would kill. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would just ride off on the on the audience for the rest of the time. Yeah, talking shit on me on stage is an automatic win. I do it every time. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I try. Like when they're just like, oh, "What work you in? Where do you want to go?" I'm like, after CJ or after James Demon, somebody I can shit on. <laughs> Give me somebody I can shit on hard. <laughs> the crowd uh, wants it. Uh, or they really don't. I'm taking the gamble. Mm -hmm. I want to take the gamble. I appreciate being that person. Yeah, I like that playing the heel. Want to shit on. Yeah. Yeah, That's I want to be part. the Rick Root of the night, please. Being the heel is the best part. Yeah. That's the most fun. That's why I'll do vaccine jokes. I am so pro-vax. But I will do anti-vax jokes because it's so much more fun to take that so dance. So one of the reasons I want to have you on here is because of your vaccine thing because <laughs> I have friends who are just like You're friends with CJ. You know, that guy's anti-vax. I'm like, no, he's not. His character is. Yeah. He presents this thing that he is not. Not at all. No, it's very Stephen Colbert. Yeah. It's cause that's, if I went up there playing a progressive being how I truly think, which is, I think progressively, that's how I vote. Those are my beliefs and everything. It, comes across as disingenuous it's not it doesn't seem legit on, but you voted for obama twice you're telling me that for real once i couldn't vote in 2008 oh an excuse i was <laughs> 15 years old what was i supposed to be? 16 years now 15 if yeah. you were truly orange county you would have found a way to fake vote in you would have had a fake id and just walk hey, we don't up. do that there all right man fake ids i believe you do i never had one you never had one no you could easily get a homeless person to buy you alcohol. You should get a homeless person to vote for you. <laughs> hey, I'll register. Go you. over there. Yeah, just tell them that you don't have a felony. This is how easy it was in Huntington Beach to have someone buy you alcohol. It wouldn't even have to be a homeless person. You would wait outside of a liquor store. First person to get out of a truck with a sleeveless shirt on, mm -hmm. you just approach them and they know what you're doing. Yeah. That's what it is in Huntington. You yeah, walk we call up that to a hey, person. Mister. Yeah, like I did that a couple of times. You're like, yeah, we want to hey, Mr. Someone to get some booze. Yeah. yeah, we do. And it works every time. It didn't work every time in Arizona. Oh, no? No, I would say it had about an 80% success ratio. And the other time is like the liquor store guy would come on and be like, I know what you're doing. 
<laughs> you got to leave now. And then you're like, yeah, I guess he's not going to sell whoever we talk to anything. That's fair. No, totally. And then yeah. you go to the next one, and then that worked. Yeah. You know, like it would be like every now and then you get the, no, you guys got to go. Yep. We know we know what you're up to. I'd always leave right away. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is there to fight after that? Yeah. They're the clerk. And you think back, and it's just like a 23-year-old guy that's just like, hey, I just want to lose my job over this. Yeah. I don't want to go to jail tonight. Please stop. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. I know that my boss would really like me to tell you to get out of here, so you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> All that is. He wants to stay in business. It's wild. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he wants to do that. <laughs> exactly. I want to keep collecting paychecks so I can barely afford my rent, please. <laughs> I can't afford to get fired. <laughs> um, it's expensive. It is. Can I ask you a couple questions about your dad? Yeah. So at what age in your life did he go to jail? Uh, I was 20 when the, okay, okay, when the murder good. happened. Okay, good. But he was like in and out of my life throughout that. There yeah. were like spurts where I wouldn't see him for long periods of time. Do you think there was a psychological effect of that? Sure. Yeah, of course. Like, but I don't do you know. think that leads into you wanting to do stand-up in some way? Probably. Because like making people laugh was always a way of getting attention. Yeah. And he wasn't. What, was He's it a cool way of now. getting his attention? Uh, yeah, tried to at first, but he wasn't. He was very serious when I was a, yeah. really young. Over the years, he's gotten really goofy, though, which like, is great. Prison changed him. Prison, prison made him uh, the class clown. Yeah, he used to be very just quiet. He would just go to work, and he would just do heroin and do nothing else. Mm. And then now that he's clean, he's like silly. So and he's like wanting to go to my shows and stuff like that. Yeah, he went to a bar show with me in Huntington two weeks ago on St. Patrick's Day. He went with me. He was like, "Can I go?" And I was like, "Yeah, I probably won't go up till around 11. He's like, "That's fine. I don't care." So that's like, great. he's he's trying right now. Yeah, and, that's great. And I don't know how to react to it. I it's mean, d- you must have some sort of emotional bipolarness with it. Where you're like, "This is awesome," and then other times you're like, "Why wasn't this different?" Late earlier, you know, like sure, of course, but I don't blame him. As somebody who has experienced addiction and all that with alcohol and mm-hmm. then, like opiates when I was a teenager, I get it. I get why that's what he would rather do. Yeah, drugs because sure. drugs are drugs are way better than kids. It's just not even close. <sighs> I don't have kids of my own. I mean, I actually I want to argue this, but I've also never done heroin. Me neither. Nor have I had kids, so I can't even yeah. take either side of the fence to be like, I couldn't imagine two things I've never experienced. I can't. I'll tell you, I would it. rather be on drugs than be around, like, my cousin's kids. Yeah, but there's a different emotional connection with your own kids. Yeah. And I'll never know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But. Well, you got a vasectomy? I've never done hair. No. Oh. I just don't want to have them. Yeah. I have a girlfriend who's pretty pro-abortion, so we're, we're going to ride that. <laughs> How early in his relationship did you ask? You're like, if, yo, uh... If she wants kids? Or... Yeah, if she's... Like, how, like how what level of pro-abortion? You're like, listen, we agree that we're gonna abort whatever happens, right? Like, it's, it's pretty early on. Yeah, you're like, hey, uh, I don't know a good metaphor for this. Do you scramble your eggs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like your eggs? Yeah. Scrambled or... Fertilized. F- full three... <laughs> I don't know, what is that, uh... What do they call Full term. You like them scrambled or full term? <laughs> like, wait, full term egg? Scramble them out, dude. Yeah. Every time. No babies. I, I don't want kids at all. And she's pretty mm-hmm. set on that, too. She wants a dog instead. And eventually, I'm going to have to get her that. Yeah. yeah but 
Give it a human name or something, like Junior. Sure. I don't <laughs> care. It's her dog if she gets one. Yeah. That's what I've told her. I was like, I'm not going to be here to take care of it. Yeah. So as long as it taking, doesn't affect. Taking a leeway from your dad. You're like, listen. Yeah. <laughs> can have a baby. I'm just not oh, here for it. I'm so much like my dad. My ideal night is. Murder guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's that's how we set the table. Yeah. Oh, oh. We just get started that way. But my ideal night is go to a baseball game alone, sit alone oh yeah like a psychopath oh yeah i do that too by the way i went to several angel games last season where i will sit at right behind home plate but all the way at the very top the last row so there's no i love one, it so there's no one behind I love me it. and there's a little vent there for a breeze that's what that i do at dodger stadium me. it's like fucking nine dollars i can seat. see everything yep. i can see if the pitch is on the line then mm-hmm. I, I i want as center as i can there's no one there it's great and this and i like going by myself to pitcher duels because then i don't have to explain to people because people are like, there's no home runs, it's so boring. And you're like, no, 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 there's a different game happening. Yeah, this is just as good. Because you have to explain to people that you're like, no, no, what you don't understand is you're focusing on the batter. You yeah. have to focus on the ball. Yeah. The, the ball's p- the one that's in motion all the time. Yep. The pitcher's the most important thing to watch. Yeah. He's, he sets the tone for the entire game. Yeah, but, yeah. but if it's two good pitchers, you can't invite a friend that's not a baseball fanatic to that. No. I go. I mainly go to baseball games a lot. Just because that's how I Yeah, if I go with a girlfriend, it has to be too, like... Third or fourth down the thing, pitchers where you're like, okay. Like, I took a girlfriend to see the Padres versus the Yankees in uh, 2002, knowing damn well the score was going to be like 13 to 4. <laughs> to be like, no, nah, but she's going to see A Rod hit a home run. She'll see Jason Giambi. See some it's, action. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. And that's a fun ballpark, too. Yeah. That's a well, good Well, that was in Yankee Stadium. Oh, okay. I went to old Yankee Stadium and old, and I went to Shea in the same weekend before they tore him down. Oh, I thought you went to Petco. Petco's a great date I love park. Petco. That's great. I love date Petco. Park. I go to Petco. Yeah. I don't think I've ever taken a girlfriend to Petco. No? No. It's beautiful because the views yeah. and everything like that, you know, it gives them something to do. Angel Stadium is, you look at a freeway. <laughs> yeah. And a big statue of an A. That's that's it. Mm-hmm. Dodger Stadium, great to take a girl to. Angel Stadium, which is my favorite, you just... You go, hey, bare bones. do you know why right over there there's no seats? Because there used to be seats. Yeah. Earthquake. They just never put it back together. No. Those rocks, those are from the ground. Those are real rocks. Those came yeah. up. From an earthquake. They <laughs> took out the seats. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I like how, because it was Disney owned at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's let's Imagineers Disney built this. that. Yeah. yeah. Imagineers took care of yeah. it. Dis- they put Disneyland technology in Angel State. And then I love that when they Disney sold it, whoever came in is like, well, this is the monster energy part of the park. Yeah. And I was like, that's the most Orange County way to resolve this. Artie Moreno knew his target audience. Yeah, exactly. He's like, no, we're going to have a giant monster energy out here. And yep. if you hit a home run, we'll just say monster and people yeah. get excited. Everybody's going to get amped. <laughs> they sell so much monster at that ball. <laughs> and if they don't get amped, we're going to show a monkey on the screen. <laughs> the monkey's going to amp everyone up. The amount of people I tell about the rally monkey who don't know what it is and just... The pure amazement in their eyes when they look up the rally monkey, and mm-hmm. then that's something that Orange County has just accepted across the board oh, as yeah. our thing is so much fun to watch. Well, what's fun to me about the rally monkey is you go, still? It made sense when you guys were in that playoff run, and mm-hmm. there, you know, and the rally monkey was alive. Yeah, but That monkey's dead. No, the monkey works, all right? The monkey still works. Yeah, but the monkey you're showing on that video is decade dead. So we don't honor legends anymore? Is that what... <laughs> We just ignore the past? No. That would be like if they have Harambe time in Cleveland now. That'd be great. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I also would watch that. Yeah. I'd, Harambe C- time? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they CGI the Guardians jersey on it. 
It's Harambe. You guys ready for Harambe time? <laughs> <laughs> Make some noise. Harambe. Harambe. Dicks oh, out. Dude. Dicks. That's their new identity. That's what they should have changed their name to. Harambe's? The Harambe's. <laughs> Imagine if they were like, we knew Indians was offensive, so we're going Harambe's now. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, the worse. most famous slain gorilla. <laughs> you guys ruined it. The kid from the Harambe cage gets free tickets. Yep. And he's like, I don't like that I'm this kid. I don't want to be the Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Why do I, I got to be Harambe's kid? He's My got dad's his own name is seat Greg. for life. And he just really sits nice. next to a guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> and they just reenact it every game. <laughs> they shoot Harambe in the middle of the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. Every time. We need to avenge Harambe with a late inning rally. Let's go. That's what it should be with the racing. Harambe's? Yeah. Just four different Harambe angels. One's alive or whatever. <laughs> one's foaming at the mouth you just put three people in a gorilla costume out there and one actual gorilla <laughs> no. and just see what happens why not because yeah, because if the gorilla turns on the people you have to kill them in front of everybody harambe yeah harambe style yeah you have to throw a real full harambe yeah i don't see what we're saying here that's wrong this actually like a legit marketing opportunity if we were to actually pitch something that could actually work for them, it would have to be like four legend rock and roll people because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is right there. And Harambe. And Harambe. Yeah. With a guitar. CJ Price. Okay, so that's me and CJ. By the way, if you want to follow him on Instagram, it's uh, at CJ Price Comedy. And CJ's only been in it for like two years. I haven't seen anybody hit the ground running as hard as CJ has. You know, he uh, also, he turned his work into an open mic. He works at a brewery downtown called uh, Boomtown. And so he has the Boom open mic every Monday. It's free. Free open mics are rare in this city, so we appreciate that. And he did it to get you know, got noticed, got noticed real fast because there's a free open mic. People come to it. So he got to meet the whole entire scene very fast. It's a great way to meet the scene. And, and he's good. So people started putting him on shows immediately. And then he started throwing shows at the Boomtown on Fridays and was able to get all that running. So he's able to, yeah, to get noticed and make an impact in the scene. I remember listening to Patton Oswald on a podcast in my early days. And someone said, how did you get started in comedy? He goes, well, you know, you go to the open mics, you build a reputation in the open mic scene, and then you end up building your reputation in the comedy scene. And then you're able to survive off your reputation. And uh, CJ's building that reputation, very much so. Um, also, talking about building reputation, we're also tearing down a bit of our reputation because we did talk a little poorly about some people. And I don't think that I was talking poorly about those people foundationally. I think I was talking bad about those people as far as people who go out and hunt down opportunities more than prepare themselves for the opportunity. You know, like there's a huge thing to be said about hunting down the opportunity versus preparing yourself for the opportunity. And the people that hunt it down find it first for sure. And they're just not as prepared. People that prepare themselves end up finding it anyways, and they're prepared for it. And that's, that's all I was saying and all of that stuff. You know, like, I'm not mad at any of the people we were talking about. Uh, and it is something to be said about, you know, slow down. 
it's okay. It's not about the first one to get noticed. It's about the one that ends up with the longevity of a career. And you get the longevity of a career, like in another baseball metaphor, by having a good batting average. Um, yeah, I think that sums up what that is. I don't know who's next. I have a couple of people lined up for this week, but as always, people come and go. Things get canceled. Who knows? I was lazy and knew this was coming up, and I didn't. I didn't talk to anybody last week, and I could have. So that's on my laziness that I don't ha- know who's up next. But I still, you know, like it's. It's why I spent today booking who's gonna be the next month. Essentially, you guys can tell I do these in chunks. And so it's time to record the next chunk of people. And I'm excited for it. Uh, guys, if you like me and the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. If you don't like me, please rate, review, subscribe. And as always, you can follow me at all the social media, at Aaron M. Marsh. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that sums this up. Thank you for listening to this week, and uh, thank you for putting up with me. Mm-hmm.